Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise a Machine. My name is Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm sat digitally next to my number one nighttime pod patrolman, John Maloney. And bright as the sun, I want to have some fun. Come and give me some of that episode 81 chocolate chip honey dip. Can I get a scoop? Baby, take a ride in my coop. You make me want to shoop. <laughs> Special version of the Shoop Shooper Dupe song from <laughs> Salt and Papua. From Thanks, guys, for sending that in. From year of 1993, perhaps the most important year of the podcast. So, Wow, that's another 93 classic. Another 93 classic. Shoop from Salt and Pepper. And John, you're back down under. Hey, do you come from a land down under? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where beer does flow and men chunder. I always I always puzzle at the fact that it includes the word chunder in, in yeah. an otherwise classic song. Such a not a lot parochial not a lot of, slang term. Yeah, not a lot of chunder for our international listeners means to vomit in Australian slang mm. and in the song Land Down Under from Men at Work from friend of the show Colin Hay. Yeah. He says, do you come from a land down under where beer does flow and is it men chunder and men chunder? Yeah, men chunder, I think. Yeah. Wow. And when I first heard somebody sing that, I thought that's got to be a mishearing of the lyrics, but no. That's what it says. Uh, not your finest work, Colin. I got to tell you, <laughs> it's true. It's no, it's no beautiful world yeah. or uh, any other number of amazing Colin. He's, quite a, he's a good lyricist, but uh, <laughs> but not not in his most well-known hit. Maybe somebody <laughs> else is responsible for that. I don't know. And I wanted to just before we jump into anything, John. I was mm. thinking that last week we didn't really touch on. The fact, so just for anybody that's missed last week's episode, you were here in Berlin with me. Yeah. So as you're speaking yeah. to me now, looking at me in my room, now you actually have a spatial memory of mm. what this is that you're seeing. You know what it's like to be yeah. where you're seeing here. I know. It's. I was just thinking that as you were talking, that, that I, knew, I know that if I climbed through the computer like the girl in the ring, then yeah. I could see, then I could see. The bed or the couch, which becomes the bed where I spent uh, last week. <laughs> That's right. And I know that if I've turned to my left, I would see a nice teapot full of terminally old grandma's red berry <laughs> <Yeah>. tea. <laughs> <laughs> so I was feeding you tea and for some reason I was calling it. This is a big cup of terminally ill gra- grandmother's red berry tea. <laughs> It's just a, a silly name that I came up with for the tea that I bought from down the road. And then occasionally you'd, you'd, occasionally you'd, in the more of an afternoon or evening drink, you'd make us a lemonade with non-alcoholic beer, which you called a lemon randy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'd normally called. Uh, with, I decided that with alcohol, it's allowed to be called a shandy. But then when it's yeah. when it's non-alcoholic, I call it a lemon randy. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And um, then, uh, yeah, I was reflecting because obviously you come back from a holiday and you just have this little period of post-holiday blues. There's no way around it. 
And I think in my case, a lot of those blues are related to no longer having access to the suite of culinary treats that I was getting <laughs> at the Templehof Studios, the ran- the lemon randies, terminally ill grandma's red berry tea. Uh, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting, I was getting dull. Yeah, well, um, this is what but, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. I think sometimes, sometimes when I was speaking about how I live on the cast, yeah. Yeah, people, particularly those close to me, were perhaps a bit concerned about <laughs> about how I was living. So I was going to say to you, now that you've been yeah. here, how do I live? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Look, I sh- I to, to an extent shared that concern, but I have to admit, I'm like one of those proof of life hostage negotiators that goes in and checks on people. <laughs> Make sure they're being treated properly, and the conditions in the Templehof Studios were good. I, I had, um, I had the dal, I had the oatmeal. Man, I had, I made myself oatmeal this morning. Yeah, and and I almost threw it across the room. I was so disappointed <laughs> with the contrast between yours and the rubbery mess that I had made. <laughs> and. Uh, Almond meal pancakes. I think oh, yeah. you've mastered the art, and you've got the uh, the pressure cooker, the birthday pressure cooker. Yeah, you put to very good use. Was given to given my beautiful instant pot as a mm. birthday gift, and mm. from all of my wonderful friends over here in Berlin town, and it's one of, if not the greatest gift that I've ever been. I said to my mother, I said, "Mum, mm-hmm. I think I've been given two great." presence in my life instant pot and the lego pirate ship these are my number <laughs> one and two best gifts ever <laughs> the so, yeah, good ones my instant pot is great for just it has everything i, I love that thing but you also mm. had let's not forget the hummus shawarma that you had as well yeah i had hummus shawarma um with homemade Homemade hummus, not yeah. bloody hummus out of a jar like Jacinta gives me. This was the real, the real. <laughs> this in is the t- real thing out of a jar. I've never seen hummus in a jar at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> she gives it to me out of a little squeeze tube. Yeah, <laughs> not like hummus out of a carton. Like I have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two liters of hummus in a carton. <laughs> Just, just, what? And what's it like being back in a land down under? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I mean, after I left you, I had, I had one night to myself in Hamburg, which was mm. lovely. Shout out to the good people of Hamburg. I managed to, managed to recruit quite a few people to do DPTM in the 24 hours that I was there. So I'm satisfied about that. And then I had my long haul flight back home and... I always try to kind of savor it because it's really, even though it's kind of not a particularly pleasant experience, the long haul flight, it is one that I kind of perversely enjoy because you just have this sense that the way to be a good passenger is essentially to do as little as possible. Yeah. And so you're kind of off the hook in terms of, you don't have any sense of like, oh, I better use this time well. Or, yeah. you know, whatever, you just kind of like, well, this is just a necessary, 
you know, I'm already doing something by sitting here on the plane. Like yeah. that's all I really need to be doing. So I feel like it gives you permission to, or you give yourself permission perhaps to watch some crap movies and do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Even like, even if I was sitting in Melbourne with a day off, I probably wouldn't go, I'll just watch the Mothman prophecies with Richard Gere. Cause I'd, cause I'd say to myself, oh, there must be something better I could watch than that. But actually I enjoyed the Mothman prophecies. So there you go. Um, I watched that. I watched a movie called Alone. And this is the thing too, like some of the, I made a list actually as I was going because some of the movies you're in sort of this, you know, you've been on the plane for like 11 hours and you're probably even further than that into your overall journey and you're kind of in this slightly disassociated state. So I, I've written some of these movies down, but I cannot remember what happens in them really. Uh, and if, if I was, if somebody asked me whether I'd seen them, I'd probably say I'm not entirely sure, because you're just kind of so bleary-eyed and kind of disassociated by the time that you, the fifth one comes on that you're just like, yeah, just feed me whatever this is, and then you get to the end and just move on to the next one, and you're kind of not really, maybe asleep for a bit of it or whatever, and you just don't really take it in. But I ended up watching, let's see, one, two, three. Four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten films and probably about a dozen episodes of Curb, so that was good. Ten uh, films? Yeah. What This is, this is sorry, this That's is uh, sick. That's both sick. going there and this is both my, my journey oh. to Europe and my journey home. I reckon on the, on the flight home I watched, let's see, one, two, three, four, five films and a, and a bunch of TV episodes as well. And listen to a lot of interviews about the glories of Dubai. Emirates just want you to, <laughs> they just want to persuade you of the wonders of Dubai as much as they can. So <laughs> judging from some of the text messages you were sending me when you were in Dubai, it sounds like you were not convinced. Mm, you were I not was, persuaded. I did not. I did not. I was even more keen on perceiving the faults of Dubai <laughs> because I'd had, I'd had it described to me as the seventh wonder of the world for eight hours before I got there. And, uh, and, and, and they make out, oh yeah, it's this wonderful cultural center and you get there and it's like, fucking hell, this is just dystopian, really, isn't it? But anyway, uh, no offense to the good people of Dubai. All I ask is that, all I ask is that in addition to restaurants where I can order all manner of $300 atrocities that you also afford people basic civil and political rights. And then, <laughs> and only then, will I regard Dubai <laughs> as the seventh wonder of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I watched, I'll read them to you, Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> A movie called Alone, which was like a, set, a very average thriller. Yeah. And then The Lincoln Lawyer. I can't really tell you what happens in that. Okay. But it was, I turned it off several times because I was like, this is shit. And then after about 15 minutes, I was like, oh, fuck it. I've already started it. What yeah. else am I doing? The Silencing. Again, I don't really know what that involves. <laughs> then I watched a movie about Frederick Douglass, who's a early African-American civil rights figure. Yeah. Belfast. I watched Belfast. Oh, yeah. I watched the Bur 
The Burbs with Tom Hanks, uh, the classic. Wow. That was very good. Uh, the Fog of War. Oh, yeah. Zero Dreams of Sushi, which is a lovely little film. And Unhinged, which is the new Russell Crowe film, which uh-huh. is a very graphic and schlocky film, but perfect for plain viewing. And you want to say thanks so much, Emirates Airlines, and keep watching the skies. <laughs> <laughs> John, I was trying to get my head around what's been happening in technology lately, which Mm. often comes across my radar. Something that I saw that I really liked that was reported in Business Insider is that there was an investigation done, I think by another newspaper or another website or another organization, uh, and it found that a lot of the pictures being used on businesses about us page. So you know when you go to a business website and you can click on mm-hmm. about us and it often has profile pictures of the employees and they're often in circles. Yeah. They're often like yep. in, in little circles and it'll say, here's Mike, he's the CEO, here's Samantha, yeah. she's head of innovation. And then and it yeah, really makes yeah, you yeah. think, I'm dealing with a trustworthy organization here. Look at all these smiling, sure. happy people in corporate wear. I'm going to book. Yeah. I'm going to book my next corporate event with this company or you know, I'm mm. going to I'm going to connect with this company. So this particular organization found after a little investigation that there were a number mm-hmm. of companies that are using AI technology to generate fake people to put in the about <laughs> us section of pages. Um, wow. And they approached one of the companies that had done this that they'd caught and the guy was just upfront about it and said, yeah, you caught me. He said, basically, we don't really have that many employees. We're a small company. Yep. And so I wanted to just fill it out a bit more. So I just generated a whole bunch of people that don't exist <laughs> and put them in the about us section of my company. So this is like if I went to a website and it said, I think there's actually a website called This Person Does Not Exist or something. Yeah, I'm like about that, to get right? to that. And that's right. Okay. Yeah. And you can you can ask AI to give you a fake face. Yeah. So for anybody out there that hasn't done this, uh, there is a website out there and the the URL is literally thispersondoesnotexist.com, obviously, all one word. That's how URLs exist. We've all been on the internet for 25 years now. I think we know that. I don't have to say, <laughs> well, one word, a fucking URL. It's all one word. You can't put spaces in a URL, gramps. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's thispersondoesnotexist.com. And, I mean, there's no button, there's nothing. (coughs) Literally the first thing that comes up is just a a face of a human being Mm. and it just looks Mm -hmm. like a real person. And then you hit refresh and it gives you another person and you hit refresh Mm. and it gives you another person instantly. And as the website URL would indicate, the person Mm -hmm. does not exist. It is a Mm. website that's using what's called generative adversarial network software 
to create these um, these people, deep learning networks <laughs> and AIs. So it's creating images of people that don't exist. Oh, you just did it then. <laughs> That's quite a weird one. <laughs> you should screen cap that and we can put it on the Instagram page. Um, I could have probably guessed that that person didn't exist. <laughs> I tried. Quite, I'm quite relieved. I tried to... Um, I tried to. I went. I went and looked up a bunch of articles on this generative adversarial network technology, thinking I could kind of concisely explain it in this podcast, and it is yeah. so fucking complicated that I, <laughs> really? I spent twenty minutes like trying to boil it down, and it was so mm. complicated. So anyway, all you guys have to know is it's using that GAN, that general adversarial network. Basically, the adversary. The funny thing about it is that that adversarial, the word adversarial, is in there because they're basically, apparently, they're using these two different neural networks to like compete right. against each other for the best result, ah. and then one of them wins. It's crazy. That's as much, that's hmm. as far as I could get. The faces do. I mean, I don't think this would necessarily occur to me unless I knew I was on the website, but they do sometimes have a kind of uncanny valley oddness to them where you feel like this is kind of not, you know, there's something about the chin that maybe looks a bit weird or something, you know, something I think, about the I think with, combination of features. I think with, <clears throat> I think with this does, this person does not exist.com, I think you'd be hard mm. pressed to cut, to, yeah. to really come up with a face that was giving you uncanny valley vibes. It's so good now because it's not video. If it was video, it's a different story. I mean, eventually we'll get to the place yeah. where, where even video won't give you the uncanny valley feeling. But if you just keep hitting refresh, I mean, you know as you're looking at these people that they don't exist. But I'm telling you, you'd be hard-pressed, I think, yeah. to find a single face on that that you could show to a person who didn't know it was AI-generated and have them say, yeah. what that obviously the picture you're showing me is from a computer, there's something wrong there. Yeah, I think if I did a blind test and you said which which of these faces is not real, I would probably not get anywhere because it's crazy this person does not exist.com mm. everybody go check it out create a brand new person make him a best friend to you there's nothing stopping you and what i just loved about this story is yeah that you can just create a, a company with a whole bunch of people that aren't real on the about <laughs> us page and you could you could obviously do things like if you were concerned that your company didn't have enough diversity in terms of mm. like race Sex, yeah, of course. Even age, perhaps even yep. body shape. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. Then you could just start filling it out with. You go, okay, we need to throw this person in there. We need to throw this person. So you have a really diverse workforce, and then you're yeah, much yeah, more yeah. modern, uh, like a much more modern and inclusive workplace. But see that, but and that, and that made me think as well that what. What uh, what this person does not exist dot com doesn't have that I want mm. is I mm. want a this person does not exist dot com, but it's got attribute sliders that I have access yeah. to, and so yep. I'm gonna go. I want a fifty six year old woman that's yep. ninety kilograms with a mohawk. <laughs> And, <laughs> and it's eight feet tall. <laughs> it'd be eight feet tall. And I want a real yeah. crooked smile. Generate. And yeah. then up she pops. 
and then I'm gonna ma- <laughs> sure then, that's not far away. And I'm gonna make her head of accounts of my company, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'm gonna want uh, then I'm gonna want a seventy-year-old man that's three feet tall and is Chinese, <laughs> and I want him to have giant feet and a t- <laughs> and an enormous mouth. <laughs> and I'm gonna make. <laughs> And I'm gonna make him CEO of Alexander Holland Corp. He sounds, he sounds like a good candidate for head of marketing. Yeah, cool. Uh, was this guy using? I mean, was was he? Would it be like, okay, here are my actual employees and their actual details, but I'm just using fake names, I'm, or was he creating f- sort of fake people entirely, fake jobs, fake bios? Everything was just. I, invented. Don't, I don't know if they necessarily had bios. I think it was simply mm. a picture of a person that didn't exist. dot com and then a name. Yeah. The other thing that you can, of course, do, which is much simpler than a. Uh, face generating software is uh mm. name generating software so mm. i was having quite a bit of fun what i would do is i'd go to this person does not exist.com and i would then just go to <laughs> random word generator.com forward slash name dot php and then i would just give them a name to make them a more real person <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so if i go here i'll just do it now how many names 20 Female, male, both generate random names. So we got Vic, oh, wow. Victor Gilmore, Annabelle Church, Rodney Vaughan, Elliot Sanford, mm. Diana Chan. So I would just pick the name that I felt suited my new person the best. Yeah, and then wow. and then what I would do is I just like to imagine what these people's lives would be, and I'd have the picture <laughs> and I put the name underneath it on my screen. And I'd sit there, yeah, and I would, and I would just imagine the life of the person staring back at me. I actually wrote a couple of them down for you here. Oh, wonderful! So one of the people that I came up with is a name, <laughs> a- Angela McCullough, and Angela McCullough is an attractive marketing executive with long brown hair, and she's also mm-hmm. my girlfriend. And <laughs> <laughs> And then I did it again. <laughs> and then I did it again. And I want you to know that I created a really beautiful woman called Wei Lin. And Wei Lin is an attractive Asian woman who is 30, 32, <laughs> 32 years old and enjoys horseback riding. And she is also my girlfriend. <laughs> I thought she might be. <laughs> Uh, and it goes on for about another twenty women, <laughs> and they're now all, I have them. They're all, I have them all as my wallpaper on my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Maybe I need to come back. Maybe I did. I signed off on the proof of life a bit prematurely. 
This is a concerning turn. <laughs> so I got my 20 new best friends that I got. Yeah. And I want every, every, encourage everybody out there. If you honestly you haven't used it, it is crazy. Go to mm. thispersondoesnotexist.com, create some yeah. new people, start to incorporate them in your life. I don't know, you could. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can do stuff like set up, set up Twitter ac- account, like set up a Twitter account and go bully some people. Yeah. Set up a Facebook account and join a bunch <laughs> of nutty QAnon groups, infiltrate. <laughs> You know, infiltrate, it's true. influence some elections around the world, start your own bot farms, whatever you need. Yeah, I mean, it's great because you can never, nobody could reverse image search you and find a real person yeah. because there is no real person. And also there's no legal consequences where somebody comes forward and says, stop misappropriating my image That's or right. stop, part, stop, pretend, stop stealing my identity or anything like that. I wonder what the leg- legality of it is, like pretending to have people in your company who you actually don't work for. If you're just kind of doing that, not for the sake of, you know, uh, somebody valuing your company, but just for the sake of convincing the public that you are something that you're not. Mm. It's quite interesting. What if somebody emailed the company and said, I'd like to speak specifically to Matt Diamond, who I can see mm. on your page, and then you, yeah, and then you it, you quickly go, oh shit, and you set up an email address. It's like Matt Diamond at yourcompany.com <laughs> and reply to their email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they say, I want you to send today's a picture of yourself holding today's newspaper. <laughs> but um, I love that because yeah, there's some there's something kind of. I mean, there's something about people putting fake images on a website that is kind of deceptive and a bit makes you feel a bit catfished or misled in a in a somewhat cold and cruel way. But then to say, not only did you think that you were dealing with this person, but and you weren't, but actually there is no such person. Yeah. And like this isn't even someone else. It's just no one. It's just a made up image that you thought represented the person at the end of the phone. You can't even you can't even think, oh, okay, well, it's okay, that person doesn't work at the company and they probably don't even know that their image is being used, but it's a real person mm. that I can picture and that all makes sense to me. Suddenly if yeah. you go, no, 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 this is not mm. a real person, then that's mm. that's somehow we're entering a, a very frightening void. Yeah, exactly. And what if you what if you, you know, you're surfing an about us page and you feel a bit of a spark for yeah. somebody and you think, oh, I could fall in love with that person and then you realize they don't exist. Yeah. And I, for one, welcome this void and I can't wait to <laughs> get in there and make some brand new morgue. Tomorrow, I, next week, I'm have 40 girlfriends. So there. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should bring this story up because I went to an optometrist a few days ago and I I just, I already love the kind of weird fakeness of those about us pages, particularly when they're for kind of relatively, you know, they're, they're not kind of people whose personalities or personal attributes or indeed appearance is really a matter of any relevance to the people using that 
service, but it's just the way that companies have to now present themselves. They have this little bio, they have this little, you know, circular portrait to go along with it. And I went to the, I was looking up this optometrist and in Brunswick and, uh, I went to the about us page and I went to the page of the optometrist. And of course it includes the usual patter about, you know, oh, he's, he really cares about, you know, Eyes. I don't know patient. He really, he's really, there's this also this kind of capitalist, you know, rubbish where that you have to sort of put in words like passionate yeah. and you have to kind of. He's passionate about pupils. Yeah, exactly. He's. <laughs> And I was like, you know, it's like you have to kind of pretend that you're not just doing this because you're exchanging your labor for money. You have to tie it to some fatuous big picture yeah. project. And it's like, he's, yeah, he's passionate about giving people the highest quality of care. I'm like, I don't really need him to be. Like, I just want him to conduct the requisite eye tests with a degree of competence. <laughs> like, that's all. If he... If he hates it or if he loves it, it's a matter of irrelevance to me. <laughs> he's courteous with corneas. He's passionate about pupils. He's the optometrist <laughs> for the, of your dreams. He's <laughs> he loves retinas and corneas. Yeah. He, as a boy, he stared at images of retinas and corneas. And even though it's not strictly in his remit, he loves lashes. He'll do your lashes at the mm. end of... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I think somebody who's passionate about eyes, sort of a bit Hannibal Lecter. I don't. I don't want them to be that interested in my eyes. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 81 of Don't, 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 Don't Praise the Machine. We've loved talking to you about, about how Alexander Holland lives in Temple of Berlin. I'm talking about those delicious lemon randies and a cup of terminally ill grandma's red berry tea. We loved hearing about John Maloney flying Emirates and the in-flight entertainment experience. Shout out to Tim Kelly at Atlantis, Dubai. You sure do sound a lot like Jason Bateman for some reason. Loved hearing about AI-generated employee profile pages. I don't know what's real at all anymore. As always, I've been Alexander Holland, and I'm sat digitally next to my number one officer in charge of podcast patrol. He's gotta be the uncurled, Shonkalonka. Thanks so much, Mr. Malonka, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.